Welcome to Dad Up, a podcast show for dads by dads being dads. I'm your host, Brian Ward. Thank you for listening. If you're new to the show, I hope you enjoy listening. Please make sure you subscribe so you don't miss anything. My guest today on Dad Up is John Marone. John saw his share of struggles throughout his life. He grew up poor, became a drug addict, and eventually ended up in either jail or homeless. He struggled with anxiety and anger and always found himself fighting in the streets to try to survive. Most people would say that John had a rough life. Because he heard that reference so often, it became who he was. However, this changed after one traumatic event, an event that he will remember forever because it changed how he viewed life. It was that event that made him realize just how precious life was. Now he focuses on creating a new version of himself every day, and he coaches all over the world on just how to do this. He's a world-renowned growth expert and life coach. He is also the host of Power of Progression podcast, which teaches you how to create the ultimate version of yourself. In our conversation, he shares how to show love to your kids. How he defines love for his kids is amazing. He and his wife have a daughter, and she knows just how much her dad loves her. Please welcome John Marone to Dad Up. John, thank you very much for joining me on Dad Up today. I really appreciate it. I'm looking forward to hearing about your dad experiences. So uh, it's a pleasure to have you on, Prince. Thank you, brother. I appreciate the opportunity and excited to uh, go ahead and have the conversation. Awesome. Uh, for my listeners that don't know much about you, can you tell me a little bit about yourself, kind of your backstory, and also um, about your family? How many kids you have? Yeah, absolutely. So backstory, uh, we can go on for a whole podcast about that, but just kind of sum it up. Uh, you know, I, I grew up in, in a home where uh, great parents, uh, they, they loved me, but they made bad decisions. Um, and, and there's many different reasons why they made those bad decisions. Um, and and it, you know, eventually it caught up to me where those bad decisions rolled over into my own life where I started making bad decisions, right? Where I talked about it's not my fault what happened to me, but it was my responsibility to change some things. And I didn't, uh, but around age 13 or 14, I started really getting into drugs and partying and trying to find out like where I was accepted, right? So right. I, I was going to, to this group here and that group there. And finally I got a label. Finally I was accepted. Unfortunately, is being accepted for not the right thing, partying, fighting, um, and just, you know, really making my own bad decisions. And I became an addict pretty young. Um, and the addiction was not just to the drugs, but it was to, you know, negativity and it was to drama. And that addiction led me to making more bad decisions that put me in jail. Mm-hmm. And when I got out of jail, um, before that, I was couch hopping. I was living in a motel. Um, and living in my car. But I got out of jail. I ended up living in a motel again. Um, and I met my now wife. Um, it's actually on, on uh, MySpace is actually where we met. <laughs> and so we met on MySpace. And for those of you guys who, who are younger listeners, you probably don't know what that is. Uh, but so met on MySpace. And you know, I try to go back into the self-destruction mode, right? Like mm-hmm. She showed me what love is truly about. And I was accepted for something other than the fighting and something other than the drugs. But I still went into that selfish John Marone. I still went into that self-destruction because my subconscious mind, I wasn't able to rewire it. I didn't understand that. And right. so we went ahead and I, I was making little strides, right? I fully stopped doing the drugs. I stopped fighting. But I was still very selfish and stubborn. And I had a high ego. And I'm from Jersey and I'm Italian. So it's a huge combination of ingredients for someone that's super, super stubborn. <laughs> so that was me. I uh, fast forward a few years, and doing a little better, but just living a very below mediocre life. And I remember 
when I got the opportunity to uh, get a job with this great Christian man named Pat Nekarada. And he said, John, I'm going to show you how to make a lot of money. But most importantly, I'm going to show you a few other things. I need something from you. I said, okay, that was that. He said, I need you to A, realize that the life you're living, there's so much more for you. I need you to start living for that. I said, okay. He said, and B, whatever value I give to you, please go ahead and give it back to others who need it. And I, I, I signed on that, on that dotted line. But to be honest, I signed on that dotted line because I was so income-driven. Everything else is shoot, one ear, not the other. Uh, but it was, it was inevitable that hanging out with him and working for his business, I started making some small changes. But the real day it all changed, like a big shift. Yeah, I believe it's a bunch of small shifts, but there are these key moments. Um, and, and it was October 2012. And so I was living in New Jersey at the time where I grew up and Hurricane Sandy paid us a visit. And I remember sitting there and, and I had my mom, my dad there, our two dogs. And all of a sudden, around 8 o'clock at night, I heard the sound will never get out of my head. That was a trickle of water in our house on the hardwood floors. And we just got this house. <laughs> Remember, we've been living in 400, 500 square foot apartments, and we just got this house, rented, of course, but for probably about 20 days. And so I go, and I slosh through the water, and I open up the door, and as I open up the door, there's just roaring rapids, four to five feet of water in our street. Boats flipped over. There was... Uh, debris everywhere, docks inside, into the side of our house. So I did what any stubborn and selfish person would do. And instead of worrying about his family, I worried about the furniture. <laughs> right. I tried to put the furniture up. I put them upstairs. And out the water started rising rung by rung because we're in the attic at this point. And it's the first, it's a one level uh, home. I hear wow. boom, boom, boom. The roof is about to collapse because the wind was so strong. Super storm, right? 100 miles per hour plus. Water's rising. The, 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 the roof is solid about the cave in and gets higher and higher. And it was in that moment that I said a word in the, in the context. I don't think I've ever said it. And I said, what have I done? I need to make an impact in this world. And so, which was weird to me because I've always said, remember, income driven. And so in that moment, I said, I will leave impact first, income second. Um, I got down, we got rescued. I lived in a shelter. And then the moment it really changes, I said, I made this promise to myself. I was going to make an impact. I was going to change the legacy of my last name. It meant so much to me. I don't know what to do. And there it was. When I dropped the ego, when I finally said and accepted, I don't know what I don't know, was my biggest opportunity to grow. And from there, I've spent the last decade or more digesting and investigating the best minds in the world and how I could create that ultimate version of me and be better today than I was yesterday. Um, and I've been at it and doing it and, and then we'll continue to do it. And fortunately enough now, you know, own a, a coaching company that's thriving. I have a speaking career that's thriving, my podcast, uh, but most importantly, the transformation of who I was and who I am allowed me to be the father and the leader in my family that I am today. But without all those obstacles, I don't think I actually would have been able to get to this point. And so now I have, I have one child. She's three, uh, just turned three. Uh, she's our miracle baby. And we can go into a long story about that, but I was told for over six years um, and a few doctors that I was not able to have kids. Um, and we, we dreamt, we visualized her 
coming into this earth and, and there's a lot of quote unquote coincidences and I don't believe in them that happened for her to to be here in this world with us. Um, and that's a whole other story that we could dive into if you want. But she's our miracle baby, Aria Mavella. Awesome. Well, that's uh, that's quite a story, John. <laughs> that's quite a story. <laughs> you, you, you've kind of, been a, kind of been around a few places um, and had some things go on in your life. What what was, you know, other than you kind of um, saying, saying things that you said to yourself to kind of change your mindset, um, what do you think really, really drove the passion for you to, to improve your life? Yeah, you know, yeah, obviously it was those experiences, right? Those experiences and that fear of death. But what, what I sat back and I, and I thought about is I almost died. I, right. I almost died. And, and now I think about it. And as we're talking right now and we're taking our current breath, somebody is taking their last. And, mm-hmm. and life is short, but yet it's long, right? It's confusing. But we have one shot. And if I don't make every second count in all my equities at life, I'm disrespecting a few people, right? I look at it, my past, my ancestors who came here and gave us the opportunity to be the best version of us and create the life. Mm-hmm. My current, which is the people around me, my family and friends, and then my future, which is going to be my kids, my grandkids. And so I realized on one shot that I have at life, why not be the best damn John Malone that there is? Right? Why yeah. not be the most powerful version of me every single day? Um, and plus, you know, I, I like to live a good life. Mediocre, mediocrity wasn't that fun. <laughs> right. 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 Um, how, so just out of curiosity, how did your, uh, how did your house make out that day? I mean, did it get destroyed? Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely got destroyed. Um, I owned also a contracting company that we started doing very well. I um, had all my, front, all my tools and everything there. That got destroyed. Cars got destroyed. Uh, the, the house was condemned for about two years. Wow. And so from there, we up and moved to Dallas uh, about a few months later and started fresh, started brand new. And now we're here in Destin, Florida for the past year and a half. And uh, this is our, our dream location to, to have a home and to live full time. And, and we're able to do that through intentional work. Cool. Well, cool. Well, I'm glad it's, uh, glad it's all working out for you. Thank you. Awesome. Yeah, me too. So, <laughs> so kind of, kind of segueing into your, uh, to your dad role, what, uh, you know, you got to, she said she's three. Yeah. She just turned three in May. Awesome. So what do you enjoy most about being a dad? You know, there's so many things, but it's really just watching her, mm-hmm. right? Watching her activate her imagination, her laugh and her carefree personality, you know, the way she makes me feel. But, you know, when I watch her and I realize everybody in this world was like that at one point for the most part, and we mm-hmm. lost that carefree, we lost that, that confidence, we lost that. Uh, imagination through different events in our life, right? I'm going to listen to that as well. Just the lessons she teaches me every single day, uh, which are many, <laughs> right? Uh, through, through just her being her um, and, and being authentically her at a young age, um, it's beautiful and it, and it just pushes me to be better and be authentically me every single day. Uh, but man, yeah. when I could see her use her imagination and, and you know, go ahead and just laugh and play with their friends. Uh, it's just a joy that you know, I don't think I've ever thought was possible to feel. 
It's funny. I just uh, I just uh, made a post about that yesterday about um, you know don't don't rob your kids of their imagination because the world will already do enough of that. So mm. as parents, as parents, it's important that we allow them to be them, be their true self and allow them to have that imagination, allow them to explore, allow them to be a kid, because obviously we know the, the world can be cruel. And when they get older, they're going to face that toughness. They're going to face the world and, and have to develop that toughness in order to, in order to um, get through life and um, let them be kids watch them grow, watch them develop. So that's cool. Yeah. Three years old. She's, she's really, really kind of coming into her own and um, you're going to enjoy it, my friend. Cause I, I have two boys, 21 and 18, and um, I still watch them today and enjoy seeing them kind of mature. They're adults now and, and they're, you know, so they're grown up, they're mature, but uh, to continue to see them grow and mature is awesome. Yeah. It, it, it makes you just want to, you know, grow up and be more mature yourself, even at your age, right? Right. <laughs> at the same time, be more imaginative, and and that's that's what it's all about, man. It's it, you know the lessons you'll learn from your kids. I feel will be greater than any lessons you'll learn from picking up a book. Right. If you truly watch them, right? If you truly engage in the time that you spend with them, I think it's uh, the most powerful lessons that you could absolutely learn. Yeah. They don't even know it, right? As long as they're writing a book to teach you lessons. It's just them being them, which is beautiful. Yep, absolutely agree. So you have just one daughter, but and you've got kind of a you know, you're trying to trying to develop your your kind of your career and your speaking career and all that. So you have some challenges in in probably traveling and stuff like that, not being not being present all the time. But what you know, what are the main challenges you face as a dad? Yeah, it, you know, outside of of the traveling and everything, you know, it's all new. Right. And, and, I, and I'm sure with your two kids, even after the first one, you know, the, the other one's five-year-old birthday was totally different than the first five-year-old birthday. And so right. to me, it's all new. So I think there's all these new challenges, which is exciting. Um, you know, when I hear challenges, I hear growth. Right. And, mm. and so it, to me, I think it's, there's so many, but really how, how to discipline her at her age is very, <laughs> that's, that's probably my biggest challenge. Uh, is how to discipline her that age when she's, understanding but not understanding but it, it then how to explain to her the things that are going on right like you know there's some crazy things going on in the world and and you know even like hanging out with her friends and she might touch them and you know really be around them she's asking why why and it's just like oh they're sick and, and you're trying to articulate a best answer for them to not truly affect them um and so i think it's articulating what is going on in the world that she can actually see but that we need to protect her from, but still make her aware of. Um, right. It's one of my biggest challenges. Uh, and, and it's getting easier and easier the, the more we go through it. Um, and then as far as the work goes, traveling for sure, you know, being away from her, because they grow so fast, right? So you're right. gone for three days and all of a sudden, especially the ages from like one to two and a half, like I didn't want to miss a moment. You know, people right. sometimes are home all the time. They don't realize, hey, just pick up the spoon for the first time. What a magical moment that is. And so I sometimes had to miss those things, but at the same time, you know, I, I needed to do what I needed to do to create the space for her to grow up the right way. So I would say, yeah, challenges. I mean, it's a daily, <laughs> daily thing, but what she, the challenge I really had that I think I really have honed in to, to not master, definitely not, but to really focus on being present, not just with her, but in general, 
being present when I'm around other people, my wife, her mm-hmm. obviously, clients, whatever it might be, truly being present and aware and not allowing my mind to go to the future or the past because that's mm-hmm. where our power is, right? So the, the challenge was for a long time is how do I, how do I stay present when I'm present? And so we've been yeah. working through working through so many different tools and tactics. Um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of where we're at now with challenges. But when we get off the stone, Paul, and I go out there, there'll be another one. <laughs> there'll be another yeah. challenge. Yep. Uh, yeah, there, there's going to be challenges throughout her entire life as she grows older. Mm-hmm. I mean, even, you know, you you got the teenage years that you're going to have to deal with, uh, you know, boyfriends and all that kind of stuff. And <laughs> not, uh, <laughs> nope, nope, nope. Not until after I died and three years after. That's right. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so in what way did your life change when you became a dad? Hey, I started believing more in miracles. Like, <laughs> When I tell you that I was told up until, uh, you know, I had surgery and everything to, to possibly have her, um, even though they said it probably won't work for the most part, give me a very low percentage. And then up to the month where they said, you got to start looking into a second, uh, other ways to do it. And then, you know, stars aligned and, and through intentional work, there is what happened. So it made me believe in miracles, which transferred into so many other areas of my life. And also, you know, my driving purpose, obviously, has elevated. Uh, there, there's so much more to, to, to gain versus lose. Like there's so much more to gain for, for her and to show her. But when, when I really think about it, it's how I look at problems and how to be more patient and, con- and controlled. Uh, you know, she's, she's showed me a way to look at problems way differently um, and, and how to create a patient lifestyle and a more controlled lifestyle, which you know, 20 plus years, I was living a very unpatient, very, very, very uncontrolled lifestyle of flying off at the handle, letting things affect me. Um, so she has rewired me in that way uh, to, to help me in all areas of my life. So, you know, believing in miracles and, and allowing me the, the strength to control and create a patient lifestyle um, has, has definitely been a huge, huge change for me since she's been born. Mm, that's cool. Um, yeah, it's important. You know, obviously at this age, they're seeing, they, they continue to watch as they grow up, but they're seeing everything you're doing and they're seeing every way that you're acting through every situation in your life, um, including, including John, how you and your wife interact with each other. She's watching that and something that she learns just through watching. So it's, it's important to realize that. You may be present in her life and playing with her, sitting down on the floor, playing with her. But the second you're looking at your phone, you're not present anymore. And she's noticing that, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And she even tells us now. Like, no, get off the phone. <laughs> hey, she's been doing it for about four months now. Get off the phone. Or she used to just wave her hand in front of our face. So, oh, like, wow. And, and, yeah, so she kind of, she, she taught us. And we've been, you know, really practicing this. We, my wife and I use trigger words. So if we're on the phone. Uh, near her when we're supposed to be present, we have trigger words, or as we say, to bend, uh, which is playing this from Boy Meets World, it's a show, it's just something that makes us laugh. So we hold each other accountable that way of being more present. But she's still, you know, if we slip up, because we're humans, that's what we do. She'll raise, raise her hand in front of her face, and now she's like, hello, get off your phone. I'm like, whoa, okay, oh, thank wow. you. Thank you for that. Wow. And I agree with you about how we treat our spouse, they recognize and end they'll start mimicking it very early, right? They'll start mimicking oh, yeah. very early. And we've noticed that with her, you know, the, the, the hugging and the, and the 
I love you and I miss you is very frequent in this household between my wife and I. And then right. she comes in and, and repeats it as well. So it's cool to see the, that trickle into her life, um, which was yeah. actually unintentional at first. Well, that's cool. Um, I like that. Uh, I like that trigger word that you guys do. I, I like that. That's awesome. Yeah, we, we have it for a few things. Uh, for when I used to be very negative many, many years ago, we had another one. Um, and you know, when we were out in public or whatever, instead of her being like, stop being negative, it would just be a trigger word. And I didn't feel like she was nagging versus thank you for making me aware of something I actually hold me accountable to. You know, and that's the problem with most relationships. So I take it off your phone, immediately the other person will go in defense mode even though they shouldn't be on their phone in that moment, they'll go into defense mode just because the emotionally sober conversation wasn't set up prior to hold them accountable. Um, and plus, it's just an easier transition to say a trigger word versus a very bold statement that feels like you're being attacked. Yeah, yeah, you're exactly right. I mean, trigger words are are very um, uh, very common tool, especially in relationships. Trigger words are are very common, so um, it's cool that you guys are implementing that. Yeah, for sure. Now, what do you wish you knew before you had your daughter that you know now? How to kind of goes back to how to how to have more control over my emotions. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's many times in my life. I mean, I got you know put in jail for for a short period of time because I didn't have control over my emotions. Right. Uh, there's there's many times where I should have got put in jail because of it. Yeah, you know, there's there's many times I was self destructing. Um, even with, you know, my relationships and, and in general, because I didn't have control. So, so that's one thing that I wish I learned earlier in my life. You know, that, that's probably the biggest one. And, and just making sure that, you know, my imagination is, is active at all times, because I think, you know, we become a product of our imagination, the good and bad. You know, pe- people talk about, oh, you don't have an imagination. No, they have an imagination. Like we're talking to an adult. They have an imagination. The issue is it's a negative imagination, right? They're negative outcomes. So we all have imagination. The issue is, is how are you utilizing, how are you tapping into it in order to benefit what you're trying to create, right? So my, I think everybody has one, but how you use it is differently. And so coming from where I came from, I used to be a big victim. So my imagination was everybody's out to get me. My imagination was it's always their fault. My imagination was always these negative concepts. Mm. And once again, that then put me into a spiral of my emotions, which I couldn't control, that ended me into bad decision-making. So her coming into this world showed me how to brighten up and put some color uh, and and some hope um, and creativity into my imagination and and how to control my emotions along the way. Yeah. Well, self-control is certainly um, important in anything that we do in our life, regardless of what it is. It could be even something as simple as your own personal fitness level, um, having that self-control to, uh, to stay on a, on, a, on a good diet and, and, and make sure you're sticking to your workouts. But even in, in raising a child, self-control is certainly important because, again, she's watching you. She's seeing how you're acting, and that translates to her like oh that's how i respond or that's how i'm supposed to react when something like that happens mm-hmm. to me and she will then emulate what you're doing absolutely 100 percent. so what do you think is the single most important thing you learned from your parents and how do you think it's impacted you as a father 
Yeah. You know, the first thing I'll say is some of the stuff my dad used to say, I'm like, you're crazy. Like, <laughs> you don't know what you're talking about. Like, right. you're only, you know, you can count your best friends on one hand, you're one lucky person. What are you talking about, dad? I got like a thousand friends, right? Like, <laughs> put your feet on the ground and pass the battle when you wake up in the morning. No, it's not. Like, all of these things I remember him saying, and I just think, he doesn't know what he's talking about. Right? And now I realize, I'm like, wow, they're actually, there's some right. really good knowledge in here. I was just, yeah, too too egotistical to even see it. I think the number one thing was making it happen, right? Everyone said, "Oh, you know, where'd you get your degree, or, or what what degree do you have?" And I say, "I have it in MIH." And what's MIH? I have it in making it happen. I have a degree in just making it happen, no matter what the task is, no matter what the goal is, no matter what the mission is. I'm just making it happen. Now, there's a lot of fundamentals within it on why I can make it happen. But just that concept of like, this is the obstacle. We're going to make it happen. This is the goal. No, we're just going to make it happen. This is, this is what's going on. We, we'll just make it happen. So they really beat that into me without ever saying it. And mm-hmm. as you referred to before, you know, I was watching without realizing how much it was engraving into me and how much it was truly, you know, transferring into me. Um, so I always just had a way to make it happen. Now, I used to use this where well, I made it happen, but it was like when I get myself into a corner versus now it's like, that's what I want. So let's make it happen. And so it's, it's cool because people are like, man, how do you, like, how'd you go from where you're at to where you are now in just a year, just three years? And, you know, how do you, how do you take so much action? And she's like, there's no other choice. I, <laughs> there's, there's no choice. So m- my father would, you know, do certain things like, man, you're gonna, like, there's no way we're getting out of this hole. And, and as he always would say, <laughs> I pulled a rabbit out of my hat this time. I mean, that was a phrase frequently used, right? Pull another rabbit out. <laughs> <laughs> and so I don't want to have to pull the rabbits out, you know, because of, I've made bad decisions. So now I make it happen in, in other ways. Oh, that's cool. Well, I like that. Make it happen. And you're showing that, um, again, to your daughter, uh, that that's how, we have, that's how we handle things. That's how we attack life. Yeah. If I were to ask your daughter, when she's older, obviously, if I were to ask your daughter, uh, tell me something about your dad, what would you hope she would say about you? You know, I think about this often, to be honest with you. You know, because I, I think, to me, legacy is, is not how you leave this earth, but it's how you leave the conversation. It's how you leave right. the room. Right. So legacy is an ever evolving thing. And same thing with my daughter. You know, really what I want her to say is first thing is, is that she's proud. I like, truly deep down that she's proud of how I lived my life. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and, and what I taught her along the way. You know, I, I just really want her to, to say, man, he lived for a greater purpose, realizing that everything he's doing is greater than him. Right. Everything he's doing, everything he did was so that other people could also reap rewards, not just himself. Um, and, and another thing is I want her to, to say, he never allowed the circumstances to dictate the authentic person he was in his habit. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and lastly, I just want her to say, that he, you know, he was a value-adding, loving, fun, inspiring, remarkable dad. He just gave me the time and the tools to help me be the best version of me every day. Mm. And so, you know, I, I, I just hope that that's what happens. And so the only way for that to happen is, is to be better today than I was yesterday. And, 
and show her that. This right. color. Well, those are powerful. That's awesome. And I'm sure that that's exactly what she would say. You're living, the, you're living your best life and you're trying to provide the best life for her. And um, I think she's seeing that. So you're doing, doing great, John. Thanks, brother. Appreciate it. <laughs> if, if I had to ask you, if you had the secret to raising good kids and I had to ask you to share it with me, what would that secret be to you? Oh, the secret, the secret. Yeah, I think there's, there's the one thing is that we talked about it, but they have the imagination, but we're also a captain of their imagination, right? Yeah. We're the captain of their imagination. We have to realize that. And so because we are a product of our imagination, you have to take that ownership of being the captain of it and getting down on their level and whatever that is, whether it's a three-year-old, 10-year-old, and being their captain of their imagination in that moment. Um, and, and another big one that I truly believe is how kids spell love, right? Kids spell love, T-I-M-E. And so if you mm-hmm. think that way, a lot of dads are out there and because we're traveling a lot, because we're focused on our business or our health, we tend to override the, the love with gifts, right? Oh, right? I'm sorry, I can't come you know, to that uh, you know, recital, but hey, here's $100. Oh, hey, here's a gift. And, and you're showering them with gifts. And what they truly want, what they truly need is they need love in, in the, the amount of time you spend with them, right? And right. being present, as we said before. So anybody out there, like, don't try to overcompensate for the time that you don't spend with them by giving them gifts. Try to find a way to spend more quality, not quantity, quality time with them if the quantity cannot get there. Right? I get it. Right. Get it. People are, are working a lot and doing all these things. How's your quality time with them? Right. And so I always look at it and kids spell love, T-I-M-E. You're not going to get that back. You're just not going to get it back. And, and you said it multiple times, man. And you know, what I look at is they're always watching. They are always watching you. So the biggest secret I can give to you is simple. It's like if you had your daughter, or your son on your shoulder at all times, or right there standing right next to you at all times, Think about that. I visualize this. They're mm-hmm. sitting next to you at all times and you're faced up against a decision. What decision would you make? What decision would you make? So the secret is visualize your daughter, your son standing next to you in the moment of making decisions so that you can make a better, more powerful decision that you know she or he would be proud of. Do that over and over again. You know you'll be way better than you were yesterday than leading by example. So that's my that's my tip, man. It's, they spell they spell love T I M E. Just create this visualization that they are with you during every decision that you make, knowing that, seeing that, would you make a different decision than you're about to make right now? Well, that's that's awesome. That's a fantastic answer, John. And just so you know, I'm gonna have to steal that. Time, love is spelled T-I-M-E. I'm going to have to feel that. So feel it, feel it, feel it, feel it. Give it back to other people and, and just spread that love, brother. I will. Um, well, cool. If people wanted to look you up, kind of learn a little bit more about you, where can they find you? And then also, what do you have going on this year that you're really looking forward to? <laughs> Absolutely. The first step, I want to say thank you for the opportunity. I uh, love what you're doing, bringing awareness to, to dads all across the world and uh, giving them tools to just be better and, and uh, something that's needed. You know, we, we, 
we got to tribe up for sure and, and, and help each other. Um, so where they can find me is uh, my Instagram at real John Marone, M-A-R-R-O-N-E, at real John Marone. Um, you can uh, send me a, a message if there's anything I can do to help you or share your story with me and give you any kind of value. Please send me a message. Uh, you can also go on my website, which is johnmarone.com, johnmarone.com. And I have all my coaching platforms on there. If you're looking for a speaker for your event, uh, that's on there as well. So johnmarone.com. And then lastly, my podcast called The Power of Progression. I've had some phenomenal guests on. Um, I do solo shows. That can be found all across any platform that they use to listen to podcasts. But it's Power of Progression, where we give actionable tools to be better today than they were yesterday. And what I'm excited about this year is, is you know, my evolution um, experience coaching clients. Uh, we're bringing in them a big, big click right now. So I'm just excited to continue bringing people into the personal evolution experience, uh, which is a 12-week experience coaching uh, and really evolving you into the person that you're trying to become to reach the goals that you have. Um, and then the other thing would be hopefully getting back into some speaking when things kind of clear up, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. you know, stepping on more stages, uh, because that's, you know, when I can speak one to many, that means I have a higher opportunity, a bigger opportunity to go ahead and change some lives. And the last thing I'm looking forward to is, you know, really watching the Aria just continually grow um, and, and watching her, her become, you know, this, this little, you know, little girl to this, you know, three major, right? And to, right. you know, there's more, more lessons that she teaches me and uh, just, just watching the, the beautiful family kind of, kind of rise up together as a unit. Well, very cool. Well, uh, John, it has really been a pleasure to have you on. I certainly enjoyed the conversation. You provided me a lot of tips as well. So there's a lot of, lot of, lot of good uh, value in our conversation today. And um, so I appreciate you, my friend. And we will certainly stay in touch. And I wish you all the best this year. Thank you, brother. I appreciate you and all the dads up there. Dad up and uh, be the best version of you so you can duplicate it. Thank you again to John for talking with me on Dad Up. As you heard, his story is remarkable, but his role as a dad is even more amazing. How he defines the love for his daughter is clear to him, and he takes it very seriously. John certainly represents the Dad Up community very well. I highly recommend you look into his Instagram profile, his website, and his podcast to hear all the amazing things John is doing besides being a dad. Thank you, as always, for listening to the show. And as I said before, please subscribe. It is also so important that you share the show with others. The only way the show continues to get noticed is if you're sharing it. If you have comments or questions, please let me know. You can message me on my Instagram page at dadappodcast. I read all your comments and questions and respond to them all. As always, I'm your host, Brian Ward. Thank you for listening. This is Dad Up.